And uh, check out our... We don't have a Patreon page. So we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes de Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Really You're happy here. to do this one because it's a switcheroo. Oh, my God. We are doing a switcheroo. We are so excited. We are so excited to be streaming first right now on Mutiny Radio as we do every Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You go to mutinyradio.fm. You hit play now. Boom. We are there. We are part of a full afternoon. You just heard Found Round Sound with Scotto at noon and then Ugly Sundays at four. So we're right in the middle. We love being here. We love that Mutiny exists. All we say is contribute to Mutiny Radio. Go to Venmo and throw a couple bucks at Mutiny Radio. Except no substitutions. We are also a podcast. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T is the name you need to search on your podcast app 
and then boom, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. As you can listen to it, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, as our title says. Yeah, so what we, is our title again? It's LW. Yeah, a. That's for A. Yeah, so it, it's abbreviated, Carl. Oh. Let's watch, for example, is the abbreviation okay. of let us watch, the three okay. words. And then the letter A is actually an abbreviation for us. Uh-huh. Like because, sure. Yeah, because the next abbreviation, full hyphen length. Length. Yeah, it starts uh-huh. with a consonant. So the A abbreviation is actually pronounced uh when you mm-hmm. do. Anyway, fascinating, <laughs> fascinating. We are also broadcasting right now on Mutiny. We're not broadcasting. We're on YouTube as well. So you can see us video, and you can watch the movie with us. So the idea is you go. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay, here's how it works. You have a phone. Oh, my God. All right, Carl, what is the movie this week? What are we watching? I don't know. Ghost in the Machine. I don't know. This is a switcheroo. I'm going in cold. Ghost in the Noonday Sun. Peter Sellers, right? Yes. That is so correct. We are watching. We're doing a switcheroo. Carl usually watches these movies <laughs> numerous times, takes copious copious notes, and then also produce, writes a theme song at his show. Years ago now. Yeah. Okay. So I am going. I watched a movie. It's called The Ghost in the Midday Sun. In the Midday Sun. And that is from 1973. Go ahead and type in Ghost in the Midday Sun in your YouTube search engine. We are looking for. The YouTube channel VHS Archives. Oh, like VHS tapes. Right. That's short for video, horror, home, and home. suspense, right? Like, Wait, isn't it video home film or something like that? Right? V- video home cassette. VHS. VHS video home system. Well, I know the V stands for ah! video, and the S He's is my system. brother. Mm-hmm. We'll and then you. at home. At home. Okay, video at home, S archives. Okay, so now you said put in the YouTube search engine, Ghost in the New Midday Noonday Sun. Noonday is all one word. Yep. G H O S T. Of course, I Listen, know you knew there's that. There's one ghost. 1973. 1973. You're ghost. gonna find it. You're gonna see that crazy Peter Sellers face. Click the link. VHS archives hosts it. Hit pause. Move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We're all going to watch this movie. Let us watch together. Let us watch it together. So when we say go, you're going to hit press play. But I have a special treat for you. We have a special comedian, a celebrity comedian, that's going to do our countdown while you go find this on YouTube and get yourself ready. Ooh, I got to get my collar, pop my collar for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm somewhere in my mini radio shirt. It's underneath here, as always. Hey, hey, your collar's popped. You now you so you do have a ring around the collar. I Girls guess. on film. Girls right, on film. We just derailed this show. Hi, welcome back to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Go find Ghost in the Midday Sun. Hit link, hit pause. We are now going to go to our celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Jim Stencil. Welcome, Jim. I'm happy to be here. I'm not in traffic at all. (laughs) Whoa! What happened? Call back. 
Wow. We're gonna have. To... Wow. How did I blow that? We're gonna have to start it over. All right. Well, listen, Jim Stencil, you are a uh, you are out there and you are on the move. You, I'm I mean... on a bridge. <laughs> so look, I never asked you really. Are you an official? Comedian. I mean, the way we bump into each other is through podcasts, through In Hot Water show. Are you a stand-up comedian? Great question. Great question. That's the kind of questions I expect to hear on this show. No, I am not. I am. I don't even know what I would consider myself a personality. Uh-huh. Oh, look at this. There's a guy just pulling over. There's a guy pulling over yeah. to pick me up on the side of a road. Unbelievable. Oh, you ever get anybody else who's gotten picked up off the side of a road? This is the best celebrity comedian countdown ever. Unbelievable. I just got a ride on the side of the road. Some people. Now, no, I am not a stand up. Uh, Mr. Driver, would you say I'm a stand up? He wouldn't say that. Now, I love Carl. Carl the Joke's one of the greatest jokes, Jake Carl, that I've ever run into. So how did you get involved with the In Hot Water podcast with Gino Bisconti and everything? I mean, usually it's comedian-based. Oh, no, great question. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I tell them all the time, I was just a fan. I'm just a fan. Can you put on a light in here somewhere? There we I'm, go. I'm a fan at heart, but uh, one thing led into the next, and... Uh, I guess now I'm a personality, I would call it. I always call myself a personality. Well, so I how call did you get a... to be an in-studio guest? I mean, you were a fan, and what? Did he hear about your podcast, get to know you that way? Well, that's just it. I don't know. I, I just went and started uh, hanging out, and I never tried to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'm just funnier than most people that go in there or something. So I think so. Yeah, you think so. So I guess yeah. you're all so not funny that just a, a generic fan mm-hmm. was allowed to uh, come <laughs> in. And that's what happened. There's not enough funny comedians in New York. Because you know the problem with comedians in New York? Because they won't let people like Carl into LOLs because they're all filthy Italians. Yeah, and they're okay. all named. Uh, what's that guy's name? Just to let the audience know, I I tried to do a set at LOL Comedy Club. In New York. <laughs> you know, Visconti invited me down. He wasn't able to put me on, and uh, so yeah, I somebody. Just... What was that guy's name that didn't let you in? Let's get his name out there. Lyamelli. It was some. I dumb... forget. I forget. Listen, because... the the point is, you comics are so full of shit. Like like mm-hmm. Carl is fucking funnier than half the comics. I've ever seen anywhere. I go see shows all the time, and fucking Carl is funnier than all of them. <laughs> and then, then I hear about, then I hear about he can't get on an LOL. Are you guys fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, they don't kid- no, no, yeah, no. Carl, they just see the like face. Carl, shut up! You're like Ray DeVito. You fucking apologize too much. You're funnier than these people. <laughs> these people aren't funny. Carl is fucking funny. Yeah, that's right. That's why I'm going to yes, get involved in arson stop, stop apologizing. and burn LOL down to the ground. We'll burn it to the ground. Totally unbelievable. Now, even though you're not a stand-up, recently you have been sharing the stage with the stand-up as you are now involved in prop comedy. Tell me about uh, that. 
Listen, as we all know, prop comedy is the highest form of comedy. Yeah. No one would ever deny that. Right? <laughs> you were at the prop comedy. You were at the prop comedy experience. You were at the prop comedy experience. Anyway, it's one of the greatest uh, gifts to laughter is prop comedy. And, and regular comedy is only dialing that back with words and all that. Yeah, so. yeah. It's I'm like very words happy. without the props. It's weird. Yeah. It's like words. It's like words if it took skill. Listen, I, and I'm very happy to be a part of Steve Conti's prop comedy experience, yeah. but I don't know where this is going to go. Who knows where this is going to go? Maybe it'll bring it back. Maybe. Uh... But we're not booked anywhere right now. There is no future venue that will be. Well, you're the head writer. You're the head writer. Yeah, for the prop shop. CEO Steve Conti, I know. All right, well, I'll call him and try to get some gig going because this must have legs. This must continue. Oh, it's One got legs. Opinion. Great calves, too. <laughs> okay, so listen, you're also a big part of this Ski Mask Collective. You've got that podcast, and there's the Sports Mask podcast. Oh, it's we totally talk about this. Yeah, how did you get started with that? And who is behind the mask? And anything you want to say about your Patreon? Uh, you've got it going on with these podcasts. I mean, you're a celebrity. Well, you're taking it a bit too far, but I thank you for that. Yes, Sports Mask Collective. I've never been wrong about one pick all year. I've called Great. everything. That was Sansa, we call it. Sports Mask Collective. The Ski Mask Collective, we just talk about everything that goes on in uh, podcasting in general. We call yeah. it out. We say the names. We don't owe anybody anything. Nobody owes us anything. So we're out here just to basically ruin our careers and <laughs> save people's names. So that's why we're on Ski You did a great job on Ski Mask the other week. Yeah, thank say. you very much. My one appearance. One of our I'm favorite guests. Yep. <laughs> All right, I got to go smoke weed with this guy. Oh, okay, okay. So tell us, Jim Stansel, how can people find you out there on the internet? You know, get to the Ski Mask Collective podcast. Give us, give us the dish on how you get. You know, how we catch you out there. First of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. Where can I find this podcast? Is what I want to know because I, I think Carl, Carl the jokes is Carl the jokes really gets my funny bone. Yes. Well, so where, everybody where watching this podcast already knows how to get us, but how do we get you? All right, I'm gay. Listen, Mass Collective on iTunes and YouTube. Sports Mass Collective, iTunes, YouTube. Well, not only iTunes, both podcasts, anywhere you ever find audio, there Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever. You get the mm -hmm. videos on iTunes. So we got Mass Collective, that's our flagship show. Yeah. And then we got Sports Mask Collective. That's my show with my friends. We got Sad Chad. That is Ski Mask hosts that with a, a cavalcade of friends because Chad sucks. And uh, that's it. Check us Absolutely. out. And patreon.com slash Ski Mask Media. Support us. And we put Ski up random Media. bullshit. And I thank you so much for having me. Carl. Okay. This now, is great. Jim, I'm sorry I was late. No problem. Everyone at home is poised to press play on this movie at the same time we do in the studio. So everyone at home is going to stand by for your countdown and hit play at the exact same time. So why don't you go ahead, Jim Stansel, and give us that 
Celebrity Halloween Countdown. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for that Celebrity Comedian Countdown. I look forward to listening. Welcome to the Flickering Lights. It's a Nick. We have a little uh, twinky twink piano twerp. <laughs> we have like two opening theme songs. So this is a pirate ship. They Small. are going to... Yes, Carl. Crossbones. Right. Okay, so we are here, and uh, we this is like a silent movie setup with the black and white. We see that Peter Boyle wearing the turban is Ross Muhammad, the pirate captain. And he's the highest in the ship, lowest in the ship. There he is, old Scratch himself. <laughs> Dick Scratcher. Say it out loud again. Dick Scratcher. Okay, old Scratcher. We've all been there. <laughs> well, you know, it gets so muggy in those pirate ships. Uh, so they are. there's a storm of brewing. So what the captain's going to do He's been stealing money for the Algiers, you know, like pirates. This is 17th century. Did I okay. mention that? And back then, the pirates of the Caribbean, if does does that exist? These pirates of Caribbean would 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 steal shit and bring it back to their king in Algiers. Okay. But there's a storm coming, so Peter Boyle's like, "Hey, why don't we pretend we're a silent movie? You play the piano, and we'll go to an island and we'll bury the treasure." And then when the storm rises, when the storm is over, we can come back and get it and get bring it back. Okay. Now this is all rinky dink music. There is a ghastly reason why I think they set it up as a silent movie. Okay. And I just want we're right into the plot, so I, I'll get into this. This film is called Ghost in the Noonday Sun. It's third film really directed by Peter Medic, is a Hungarian-born director who's done. He's we, very popular though, because like. I don't know, like maybe it's a war or something, and you're always hearing people scream his name. Medic! The doc. He uh, he directed this movie. It basically ruined his career, he thinks. Okay. And he actually, there is a film documentary about this movie. This movie wasn't released. This movie was, re- this 73, it was released on video in like 86 or so. Yeah, like it was forgotten about, or... Yeah, I understand. It didn't really have yeah. a release. And they were like, okay, we got this thing. Let's make a little money. The video box says it's the missing Peter Sellers classic. Okay. So it was missing. Peter Sellers had this idea. He They met up in Hollywood uh, at a diner. And uh, he said, you know, my buddy Spike Milligan from The Goon Show mm-hmm. wants to adapt a children's book about pirates. And they took it. And then it was a disaster. And Peter Medic just made it recently, a couple years ago, made a documentary about this film itself. And that film was called The Ghost of Peter Sellers. So I watched the documentary and I said, oh, my God, I got to see if this movie exists. What year was it made? Was Peter Sellers alive? No, Peter Sellers. He said, I waited till they're all dead. The director's 83. This came out in 2019, 17, maybe. Interesting. So he, he spilled the beans. He spilled the beans on this movie. And about Peter Sellers, and it, particularly this scene itself. Why don't I kick I, it off? They shot this film, this scene, the second week of shooting. Peter Sellers had a heart attack. Oh. Okay. And he had a history of heart attack. There is. Say goodbye to Peter Boyle. That's the last you'll see him in the film. <laughs> He's Everybody on the cover. Loves Raymond is waiting for him. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Everyone loves Raymond movie. He doesn't, you can't even hear him speak. It's all, you know, placards. 
So Captain Jean Luc. Peter Sellers had a history of heart uh, attacks, right? Okay. And so it was very serious. Are we seeing him pre heart attack right this second? Yeah. Okay. This is all, but it was during the shooting of this scene that he had a heart attack. Ooh, and they had a helicopter. Really? They're shooting in Cyprus. They had a helicopter out to a hospital. The director said two days later he picked up the London uh, Evening Standard, and there was a photo of Peter Sellers going to lunch at a fancy London restaurant with Princess Margaret. He had faked his heart attack to get out of shooting this movie, and You're he did it during the scene. Are you kidding me? This is like the documentary indicates this film was a total fiasco in every way, and that was like, boom, the later. Okay, so we're two weeks into shooting, and he yeah. gets out of it. He gets out of it because he really loved it. He loved Spike Milligan. He loved the thing. He, even though he was married, he was dating Liza Minnelli in 1973. Everything really? was great for Peter Sellers. Liza Minnelli broke up with him and the, the day before he had this shoot. Okay. So he was in no mood. The, the director said he loved the first week it was on the boat and it was beautiful. And they had some beautiful shots, and then everything went to shit. Mm -hmm. But I should mention this is so. I'll my research is basically watching the documentary okay. and taking notes. And I'm just going to let you know the information. I did a, a cursory search on the internet for some items and some of the actors, so I got a little more information. Okay. But basically, this film is based on an old no. So it's based on a children's novel. Guess what year this novel came out? 1918, 1643. No, 1965. Oh, that was what is. Sid Fleischman wrote a bunch of like, he wrote Blood Alley about his World War I experience, but he wrote a lot of pulp novels. And then he also started writing children's books about like. His last name, Sid Fleischman. Fleischman. Yeah. So Sid Fleischman wrote a book called Ghost in the Midday Sun. And the story is. Uh, this New England boy can see ghosts. Well, he was born okay. at midnight, this kid. So the pirates show up on the coast. Right. And what's, what we're watching right now is that... Now, he killed the captain. So right, and he said... And then he went, to the, he went to the shipmates and said, listen, I killed the captain. I'm the only one who knows where this treasure is buried. So I'm, I'm the captain, captain now. now. But he didn't right. tell him he killed the captain, did they tell, he tell him? Yeah, he threw a, a, a sword right into Peter Boyle's. Uh, no, but did he tell the crew? Yeah, he said, I killed the captain. Wow, okay. I saw the, I know where the treasure is, I'm the captain. Right, so that's the thing. So now he's looking at the map. And again, okay, it's One more key. question. Yeah. He was the lowest member of the crew. Right. Old so Dick, do they know the it's him? Or do they yeah. Think it's okay, okay, okay. The whole, the whole pirate crew actually was on the island helping. Okay. And he was making uh, a soup, beans, and yeah. Peter when Boyle. Yeah, you're going to be ready, motherfucker. Okay, so look, we're changing pace. I want to play the music because it's... You remember the sound effects in the Monkees movie, Head? Yeah, I do. Okay. We get a lot of, like, Richard Lester, uh, Monkees, British uh, pop sensibility in this. So he's going to... He spent 20 years, and he walks out, and here's the sound effect. What do you mean, like 20 years? What? What'd you, what'd you say? Well, anyway, he is 20 years have passed. Why? I mean, How? Why? 
he can't find the treasure. He can't find the the map. So he's been like in his room basically, uh-huh. and he comes out and he's like, boom, you know, he he doesn't know where it is. So what the he wants in to... color, right? So this is this is 1973. They shot this. This is no okay. special effects. Okay. They actually. So the producers got a second hand. Oh, here comes the second music. We had the uh, little piano music up front, and now, yo ho, we have a, a full-on pirate ballad. Is it a sea chanty? Let's hear it. I can't hear it. You sang over it. Okay, here we go. Copyright infringement. Clive Ravel again. Oh, he was. Where did we see him before? Well, we saw him in Modesty Blaze, and we saw him in the movie with uh, uh, <clears throat> Bob Hope, a, a murder, murder. Oh, she, right, that the TV movie, is Murder that... Television. What was yeah. it? It was Murder King, uh, something. Masterpiece of Murder. It was yeah. It had Ghoulie's professor, and right. uh, they stole the. He tricked them into stealing the paintings. We yeah, uh, was in that. He was the gallery owner. Well, you know Spike Milligan. I don't know if you know Spike Milligan. He's like a comedic force, and he was in a movie we saw. Okay, was he, okay. I think I do know him, but I, I only know him like later in his career when he, he did this. Tell me what he was in besides this Peter Sellers radio show. He was the landlord. He was Barry McKenzie's landlord in The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. Okay, I remember that guy, and he was talking about the electricity you have to put a quarter in. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so Spike Milligan wrote this, and like Peter Sellers was into it. However, he comes in, and Peter Sellers, you know, he's in one of his moods. The first thing he does, fires the two producers. Okay. So no one knows anything so the the production sucks on sea and on land this is a secondhand uh african cigarette boat that they repainted and built as a pir- uh, pirate ship and they added two steam engines in there and they drove they drove it they've sailed it to cyprus yeah the, the island they're shooting uh-huh. from greece and people could say like the director's like people are like i see you a pirate ship so it arrives like two weeks later. They see it in the coast, right? Oh, this They're is in interesting. And the first thing the boat does is crashes into the rocks the first day they arrive. Oh, great. The, 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 the captain was drunk, and they he took a churn. So they <laughs> fixed it, and they shot this, and everyone was happy. So this, the boat stuff, especially when you see Tony Francisco, the swashbuckling guy, and sellers together, that's the first week. Okay, wait, I got to stop you first. Oh, yeah. I know that comedian. I got to stop you for a second. So he's woken up. It's 20 years. Uh, he didn't wake up. He, he, he couldn't find the map. They've just been lost at sea. They've just been lost at sea. Okay, and what is the crew's attitude? I mean, I cannot believe a real world in which, hey, the captain's been in there for like sure. two years. What's going on? You know? I just say this movie, <laughs> it, it leaves the real world a couple of times. Okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, you have to take things with a grain of salt. They will kill the captain the moment the captain shows him the treasure. I thought so, it, I thought it was cute the way the little kid, if if that's what I'm looking at here, yeah. has, had the ship. Well, they this is still shot in Cyprus. They didn't have the money to actually go to Ireland, but they is had he landed. A Cypriot. The what? 
well, people from Cyprus, they're called Cypriots. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, that's, it's, it's weird, but it's true. Hello, Cypriot! So um, these Cypriots are now, they're pretending to be in Ireland. They uh, built a little Irish village for this movie. But they landed, and um, this is Ireland. So they're going to get some food. When they're sitting down and they're eating, the mother's probably going to say, my boy was born at midnight. And what okay. the premise is, this guy, the cook, Dick Scratcher, is going to say, well, as a pirate lore goes, anyone who was born at midnight can see ghosts. I'm going to kidnap this boy, and we're going to go to Treasure Island. This is a very original story, by the way. Uh -huh. And he's going to conjure the uh, Peter Seller, uh, Peter Boyle, and the dead captain will tell me where the treasure is. Okay, now, will we see Peter Boyle again? Because you had said no. Never. Not his ghost. Now he won't appear. They as... won't even, there's not even a fucking ghost in this movie. They have, like, uh, his shipmates pretend, dress up as a ghost. But you okay. never, there's no, okay. nothing that really otherworldly in this movie. <laughs> Peter Medic, the script was not finished. They Medic! Medic! They okayed the film, Columbia Pictures, for $2.6 million. There was no script. Sure, it's and... Peter Sellers. It's uh, Spike Mulligan. I mean, we got a winner here. Yeah, we got a winner here. Uh, but it was it was a total disaster. So problem is that... Okay, so here, weird sound effects going on. Oh, so the Irish are, are singing while they... Well, no, no, it's like, actually... The... There's a singer at there but they're all waiting for the food they haven't really eaten a real meal it, it but i mean can we hear dialogue now is it a talkie yeah it's back to a talkie okay okay one of the amazing things about the documentary is that the director had a like a pristine like 4k print of this movie it looks okay. nothing like this muddy piece of shit yeah yeah like, it is patchy and there's one point in this movie where they get the red plague they fake a plague they get the red plague and you can't tell what color the plague is. Okay, here we go. They're eating vegetables that have been prepared. Right, hysterical. Right, this is their comedic. He said the, the first week when they shot on the boat, it was great. It was not easy. The entire crew was on the ship. Right. 110 so people were on the ship and the, and the talent. They had a generator boat tied to the back. So they wouldn't capsize. Then under, they had wires going from the generator boat underwater to a big arc light that was on the pirate ship above. Uh -huh. They had to shut off the engine to, uh, to hear the actors. And they had to shoot before the sun went down. And yeah. the boat was rocking the entire time. And the crew was getting seasick. The weather was getting bad. <laughs> to make it look like they were off the shore, they had to go five miles so there was no land in the shot. And people would get sick. And so Peter Sellers is getting pissy, right? right. And the <laughs> real producers are not there. He fired them. There's no one. And this guy, like, Medic. So there's medic. someone to complain to? Yeah, Medic. Okay, go ahead. He's not a, he's, this is the first nautical adventure he shot, right? And we okay. all know from, like, Waterworld to, like, the James Bond movie with Sean Connery underwater, they're boring. Water movies are dull. Uh, like Moby. Yeah. Uh, not Moby Dick. Uh, there was that recent movie. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Long Vessel. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just, Avatar, Way of the Water notwithstanding, I'm sure, but 
I feel like when you're in the water, it just doesn't really interest me. Like you can't fight underwater. Well, I know what you mean. Like there's nowhere to go but the ship that right. makes you give this limited feeling. And there's not – I don't know. Are we being fair to ship-faring movies? They're so boring. No, there's some rollicking ones. I mean, Mutiny on the Bow is a classic. Okay. They shot out there. One now, interesting – one thing about this movie. So they were saying, like, shooting on the boat in the water was a disaster. It was right. people getting sick. The weather was shitty. They had to cancel. And Sellers wasn't showing up. One of the scenes in the documentary, he's talking to his friend, and they're on the boat sailing on the open sea. And with a digital camera, it's so easy. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just set the camera and boom, you go back and forth. Okay, now he's realizing. About the, okay. Yeah. He's. Oh, I see. I don't believe okay, he's going to basically abduct the kid. Have we had a chance to listen to Sellers? He sounds like Robin Williams in Popeye. I haven't heard him. Go ahead. All right, we'll go. Yeah. See, he's just, he's selling this guy. Now, this is an actor named Tony Francesco, and I apologize if I get his name wrong. He was married like four times. He married Shelley Winters. Uh -huh. He had he had a, a big star lead, but he was a very combative guy, and he lost a couple of TV pilots, according to his IMDb, mm -hmm. for just being combative. They didn't want to renew with him. He was friends with Peter Sellers and Medic got him on the Medic got him on the uh cat in the film because he knew he was a buddy. And they have they were excited. They never worked together. They never worked again. They had such an amazing fallout. I'll show you the scene. Oh, they have a fun I mean in real life they okay. Yeah. The documentary was it talked to one of his ex wives, the wife at the time, and it was saying like although probably maybe the same wife. I don't want to be disrespectful, but Okay. He would get his goat. He would call, like, sellers would call him, like, ah, oh, you dumb American cowboy, right? Just fuck with him. And they were on the boat, and there was a scene, and he was fucking with them. And when the scene was shot, uh, and sellers' back was turned, then he went up with his sword, and it was about to hit him, and he stopped. Like, but he did, you know, the motion. And, but he did the motion with earnest. He was really. No, he was. He was really. He wanted to fucking hit him, but he he restrained himself. He, he okay. was about. You know, he he went that far. So Bert, Peter Sellers' driver, saw it. Told Sellers what happened, and Sellers says, "I do not want to be in a single frame with this man anymore." So you will see on the boat scene. I know right. this scene is like whatever, but in the boat scene, you'll see the buddies, and then there'll be a scene where they're not. He, you'll see, they're okay. not buddies, and they're not together in the scene. It's really weird. Okay. All right. So, uh, and also getting back to the boat, because we'll be we, on. There's the ghost. Yeah. So basically, he wants to take the kid for a test drive. He goes to a cemetery and says, All right, kitty, do your thing. Mm -hmm. But as the wind blows a, a, a sheet over the kid, look at this. Died 103 of alcoholism. Thank <laughs> God. So. So Sellers mistakenly thought he saw a ghost just before he got knocked out. Yeah, so he I think he passed out or something. Are we abducting this kid right this moment? No, the kids are already been abducted. Well, he fell and hit his head on the tombstone and he oh, was right. knocked unconscious. <clears throat> Why are they wrapping him up if they're not abducting him? Uh, maybe they are abducting him now. Oh, okay. It's, really okay. Just, it's just murky. I mean, the, the print is murky, but the storyline is murky. They had a problem. So 
this film was not going well and they were blaming the director and unbeknownst to the director there was like this shitty uh uh it wasn't an email back in 73 well okay the correspondence yeah but they did send them a telex okay and the telex was like you know you need to learn how to be a director this is a disaster i i have it uh who sent it like the the studio or something oh what what number do you have don't you dare, Michael. No, Spiegelman. I just I just moved my uh my state. Okay, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. The years are passing by. Tell me when you get to 30, okay? Two. 28, 29, 30. Okay, great. Okay, let's let me hear where we're going at. So yeah, I guess he's been Shanghai now. Huh? Who did this to you? You tell me. Oh, right, right, right. So the other crew kidnaps him. So Tony sees him and he says, what happened? And one of the, here's one of the jokes in the movie. I've been kidnapped. You've so been kidnapped. Free? You're just a kid. Yeah, he's letting him free. Well, he's letting him, he's untying him and letting him on. And uh, we're going to go see him. But basically, he's, he's now part of the crew. You know, it's one of the reasons why I thought the story was written in the 1800s, because it's pretty similar to Robert Louis Stevenson's shit. Yeah, well, maybe that was the model. So <clears throat> he's not going to be... Ah, there you go, kid. So he's yeah. not going to be abducted like he's tied up. He's now like, now they've shanghaied him and he's part of the crew. Right, so he's going to hate the scratch. He hates Dick Scratcher, you okay. know, as most, most people do. And then... uh He's going to be buddies with this this suave guy Tony, and again, okay. like this is like the fun. This is the fun times of this movie. The cowboy American. Yeah, the cowboy American. Let's see if I could get his voice. It's like the worst. It's a very distinct pirate voice. <laughs> but he did a shitty job acting. What like, or is it supposed to be comedic? He stopped showing up, you know, and they would have to wait for him. For sellers or for uh... sellers. Okay. You know, the other guy did, he was there, he was there with his family. Like, everyone was on the fucking island of, Cy of Cyprus, so they yeah. they were able to bring their families. And uh, they actually had one of Peter Sellers' daughters talk. She's about our age. And just saying that she would never see him, and then when they had birthday parties, it would be super extravagant, because it was the only time they really saw each other. And she just took it for granted. You know, she just assumed that's what it was. Okay, so these two actors are terrific, and yeah. the older of the two, uh, actually, uh, it's a guy named Jamie. Oh, I wrote it down. Uh, it's Murray Melvin was on the documentary, and the other guy is named Jimmy, Jamie, Jamie, James Fuller. Murray Melvin. James Fuller is the one with the sideburns, and then the actor. Now, this is they're British. Oh no, no. They... Yeah, they're British. So they they see this ship. Now this is like a really funny bit. This movie is like an oasis. All right. Well, the guy with the sideburns, the fussier of the two, spoke speaks to the director, uh -huh. and the other director, the other guy passed away, but he was like a beloved actor. There's a strange sub story that it's evolved that involves one of these guys in this movie. So let me set up the joke. The Brits are coming. Here's the British music. The right. Brits are coming. Do, do the Brits are coming no. now. 
They're the Navy of yesteryear. The brilliant idea is that he's going to put makeup on everyone. They're going to take a ship on the shit on the poop deck so things smell, and they're going to say they have the Red Plague. Remember the Red Plague? <laughs> no. You can't tell in this print. I swear to God, oh, I thought they had, like, the Brown Plague. <laughs> well, they're coming up here. They're very – this is – you know, and the guy was upset. He said we were only in one scene together at all. Like, these guys show up, promises, like, a good movie is going to happen, and then they leave. And I'm playing the music so you'll set up the punchline. So the director was saying, like, they ran out of budget, and when they were shooting, they had a cheat being on the open sea. So you'll see shots where they're like, look, it looks like at the open sea. Right. And then there's other ones where they just put the camera down low on the boat and mm -hmm. shot it that way. Mm -hmm. All right. So do you see that distinct red mark? Oh, I know that guy's face. I could be wrong. I think he's, he has to be the older uh, octetarian in the documentary. This was 73, and the documentary was like 40 years later. Yeah. 40, yeah, so it's interesting because he's still bitter about it. So he's this, supposed to have red dots on him? Yeah, exactly. And in the documentary, it's clear as a bell. And in this, this print with the tracking, the, the cute little tracking in the bottom, it's not the greatest, but it exists, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, this is YouTube, and this is our show. I wouldn't have it another way, really. So they're basically saying, you know, you pirates are now under the Brits, and we're going to take your shit. And by the way, what's that red mark, and why does it smell like shit? <laughs> and they'll say, oh, we got the red plague. And then they're like, meep, meep, I'm out of here. Beep, you mean Roadrunner? Yeah, they're out. Beep. And then there's a there's a punchline with the music and the uh, film as they they escape. So there's not much of a plot going on, right? No. Well, I don't know. So one of the things was that Sellers got so pissed off he you know uh, medic received guy. Yeah, they received a nasty telex saying it's all the fault of the director. He's pissed at this guy. He's not really talking to him or this and that. So he says. Get Spike Milligan on the island. He's going to rewrite this fucking movie. Okay. While they're shooting. So look, they all have the red plague. We gotta go. So here, check out the music. It's sped up backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. I swear to God, if this movie was nothing like bits like this, I would mm -hmm. love it. 93 minutes of fucking bits like this? God bless. But it's not. When, when Spike shows up and he starts changing things, the tone of the movie is completely different. That's weird, and that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I don't think he knew what he was doing here. You know, like, he, they talked to uh, Spike Mulligan's assistant. I think like, right. they, they were an item because she still lives in that house, but this gorgeous house in London. All right, so here's the deal. The captain's saying, we're going this direction, and Smiley is saying, that's bullshit. It's actually the island's that direction. So set Who's up sail smiling? this way. All right. Who's smiling? Uh, the swashbuckling guy, Tony okay, Francisco. That's his name, Smiley. No, I don't really remember his name. Oh, I you don't... just call him that? Okay. Yeah. It helps me sort him out. One of the pirates himself, the one with the brown glasses at one point, right. he looks like that comedian that you, you saw. He was actually from Cyrus. 
And he said that they interviewed him in the dock, and he said, Cyprus. Cyprus, yeah. yeah so yeah. he was there, and they, there's a scene that they pretend it's Algiers. It's shot in the market there. And they stopped, and he went to the com- get buffet, commissary, and they stopped him. They said, extras can't eat here. This is right, right, only right. for the actors. <laughs> they said, what bullshit? I'm a fucking actor. And he was thought like we were treated by natives. He wasn't the only one being treated this way. They had a riot. And three fourths of their extras left, and they took the costumes. They had this is on land. What was the complaint? That the the British film production was treating them like shit. You know, what like they they weren't able to eat. They they weren't able to go to craft services. They were you know they were dressed up, and it was poorly it was poorly produced at this time. Uh-huh. So when you see that scene, like they all left, and they had to go back to the actual market, the the production crowd, and rebuy the item, the costumes they left with. All right, so let's see what's going on here. That's mutiny. Okay, he goes. Well, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna mutiny. And he goes, "What's mutiny?" He goes, "We're gonna stop working." And Peter Sellers, <laughs> "Stop working? That's mutiny." That's funny. I tell you, there's some great bits of this, but it's like it's like really cool cherries in a big bowl of nasty ass jello. This film, mm-hmm. like you can't wait for the the cherries are cool. All right. Well, this were the Jello. It kind of reminds me a little of Cabin Boy, the Chris Elliott movie. Well, it's on. That's on a ship, but it's a funny movie in parts. You know, there's there's some parts where just nothing happens. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, I'm a talking cupcake that spits tobacco. I remember that cheating. Um, what was she? She was like an enchantress kind of. Right. Oh, the Ann Magazine? Oh, no, no, on the... Uh... No, like, he goes into that cave, and there's, like, a woman with a lot yeah. of arms or something. A lot of arms. And, and then her husband comes home. Right. He's like, ah! <laughs> you know, and she has to play it off. <laughs> it was pretty good. Pretty good. Part. I, I liked how he ate the chum, and he thought it was, like, a look soup. At this. The kid just looked in the camera. He said, you're going to be a pirate. So they, they, they put down their other fake flag and put up their true pirate flag. So Mulligan shows up and he plays a character that's from the book, Billy Bombay. But being Spike Milligan, he's Billy Bombay from Bombay. And basically he's an old shipmate. He also was able to see ghosts. That's why uh, Peter Sellers knows. So they're going to meet him and he's going to say, I'll get you the treasure. I have my own treasure on that island too. Okay. But that's uh, where well, here we're on the boat. The premise here is We've got to get in contact, or, or at least Peter Sellers does, has to get in contact with the ghost, you know, right. Peter Boyle, to find out where the treasure is. Right. So here they find a, they're ready to attack this lone ship. Although there is one thing on the ship. It's it's abandoned? But yeah. Course, okay. There's one, I think this is where they find it. Yeah, and they have the cheesy fucking music. Listen, I mean, this is like the... <laughs> This fast speed voice. It is a trap. Whoa. This was shot intentionally like this? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they just had nothing there. So they just, you know, 
he he had the burden after this experience to edit the film you know so the the medic so he uh he did what he could you know and so a lot of these scenes they're sped up with crazy sound effects uh because he's trying to make something work yeah or maybe it was intentional like the the spirit of the film like it's sped up like this maybe but he had to make from the time of writing like this yeah okay but it's not that funny i don't know it's weird yeah it kind of reminds me these look like medieval knights or something why are they right if we were in colonial uh 1600s we shouldn't see are they spaniards and they yeah so they're this is actually changed to 1700s in the caribbean oh because he woke up 20 years later no, he didn't wake up, Carl. He just now, yeah, I keep saying that he was looking for the map in his. And then next thing you know, it time has passed, and it's twenty years later. So it's like that was just done to be a gag. It's funny, right. but the right. plot still. It went from the silent movie, the Nickelodeon flickering images, to present day. Okay, present day. Oh, so he it's said, "Listen, you can go out there. You know, being a pirate." Well, real pirates, though, aren't you, Pierre? Yeah, I love pirates. Boys love pirates. (laughs) No, there's a fly bothering him. Right? I mean, okay, that'll be our comedic premise. He's just doing his own thing at this point. Yep, killed the fly, Carl. (laughs) Now I can go to sleep. The first time I watched this movie, I go, "Oh no, the boat's gonna go." Okay, this is kind of like okay, but they I, don't play that out. It was just no, again. no, it's fine. Yes, this is the abandoned ship. It's abandoned, but there's a duck. We already on it. saw the abandoned ship, and there were people. But here's another ship. He well, he doesn't see anything right now, Carl, because the cap is on. Because the cap is on. Oh, I. Yeah, they're basically going. It's called a duck hunt. And they find a boat with a duck. So guess what's going to happen in the next ten minutes? But 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 how is this getting him closer to Peter Boyle? They're they're sailing towards the island. We're, okay, we're heading. So they're towards... on their way to the island, and they're coinc- they're bumping into things, and we're right seeing little little set pieces. Okay. It's the journey, Carl. It's, it's a, a baby boat. I don't know. It's. I really, 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 really paid attention. The scene because it was like I didn't know what was going on. They basically chased the duck. They they're gonna go on shore trying to shoot this duck while the duck's waddling. That's it. That's the whole. That's the whole scene. The render he's saying to the duck. You know, I'll give you. I'll tell you the story of the. They're trying to be funny. Yeah. You know, he he went through the boat like that. That gag was used in a cigarette commercial that was shot during this time. Okay. Peter Sellers went up to the director. It was the first weekend they had. And he said, hey, can you do me a fave? Me and Spike are going to shoot a Benson Hedges uh, commercial. Can you direct it? Okay, we'll okay. shoot it on the island. They set it up. That guy, Jamie, one of the, the British guys, he's there. So basically, they're breaking into steel gold bullion. And they stopped the security bell by putting a Benson and Hedges pack in the bell. This is okay. on YouTube, this commercial. Okay. And when they leave, Jamie wants to smoke. He sees a pack on the desk, takes it out. When he opens it up, it's empty. The guy said, well, 
take the one on the cigarette, take the one on the bell. So he takes it and the alarm goes off. Gotcha. So they have to jump into a boat. Spike Milligan is covered in gold bullion. He breaks through the boat. Okay. The end. Problem yeah. is, both Spike Milligan and Peter Sellers are uh, spokesmen for the Anti-Smoking League, and they can't touch the box of cigarettes they tell the director during the shoot. Okay. Why did they take the gig? Peter Sellers got a brand new Mercedes Benz with cash money, tax, not tax money, but cash money in the car. That's the reason why they did. He got $50,000 pounds in cash, cash in a brand new Mercedes Benz. Spike Milligan got five uh, 5,000 pounds. And the other guy got 500. That's very heavy, 5,000 pounds. I know, I can carry it. Have a wheelbarrow? Yeah. Yeah, 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 you do. Yeah. Okay, so now they're at Algiers. This is so. This is where the king is but waiting. We're really for... in Cyprus still. Yeah, this is beautiful. I mean, he walks around Cyprus saying nothing has changed. Six thousand years is still the same. What is only forty years compared to the beauty? So yeah, so it's gorgeous. It looks. It still looks like this. And they're saying shit. The king wants us to give treasure. So oh yeah, they they. Go sure there could be dancing girls. Dootily, 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 do. And but he's not gonna... true, or it is true. He's just revving up the ship. There's not going to be any. There's only two women in this movie: the woman who served the food, and then in a sight gag later. But it's all guys. Well, in wasn't a woman singing? Okay, two women. Three. Three. Okay. So there was the Irish woman, and then a gag later on. That's it. So they're coming ashore. They have to give the king treasure. This is the uh, Sword of the Prophet ship. And he, the guy's waiting for Raz Muhammad, the captain, to come. So he says, look, I'll tally up. Whatever you got, we'll give it to the king. Here, I'll play so you can hear his pop. And, and like, is he going to get a pathetic collection? Eggs? Locks? Here's a oh look at that! I find the kettle. Right, so here we are, a little disaster. What? My watermelon dock stand. Now the king is examining the other ship's bounty. Yeah, what have you? Fair enough. Again, everyone in this scene is gonna fucking quit, riot, and steal their shit and walk off. <laughs> But right now we're seeing a scene. So he, he's showing all the treasures. The and documentary get... is. I think I need to see it. I mean, I. You do a better job researching because you go through multiple sources. I just felt like this is so analog. Mm -hmm. What was the film saying that maybe I'll spoil the party? But I absolutely recommend the documentary. Here's their treasure. There's a treasure. What ship are you? Here we go. Oh, the ship! Oh, yeah, I got it written down right here. I got it. Hang on, hang on. It's on a piece of paper. So he's here. He's gonna, the king's gonna explain it. You're late. Years late. And where is Rock Mohammed, the captain? Oh, right there. He was killed. But he was supposed to, Ross, the captain was supposed to go to the Portugal Islands, right? And, uh -huh. and take, he's like, he's like, oh, I was supposed to get like slaves and riches. Like that. Uh, 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's the joke. How did he go? He went eh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's fucking jokes in this movie. <laughs> How did he go? <laughs> like that. So he is Irish too? No, he's not. Okay, okay. He's but he's not like the thing pirate. Yeah, but we when we see pirate, we think of like Johnny Depp. We think of Ark, Yark. Right. But he's like a muttering like he's Popeye on the set of uh, the movie. Yeah, he does have that little Irish thing. Okay, well, you know what? He says to the king, I abducted this boy who's going to find treasure. And the king's like, oh, I like this little boy. I'll take him. And they're like, no, don't take my boy. My boy is going to find the ghost. Don't you understand? I need him. Okay. So he's like, no. I won't. <laughs> my kid. I Yeah, so he goes on like that for a while. Yeah. So we have a storyline now. There they is to... something Irish because he's like a father. You know, yeah, like I, it's I written it. in his pirate accent, but. It's definitely like a C. Like I, uh, do you, have you ever listened to the Goon Show, the no. radio show? No. Do you know no. of it? Yes, I know of it, and always from researching, and it's always about where Peter Sellers started. And right, of course, it was him and Mulligan at the same time, and uh, it's funny. Like it's incomprehensible. I used to listen to the records at the library, you know, right. the listening table, but it was. Uh, incomprehensible like it's so 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 silly the accent the humor okay so this is tony right he's having a he's talking to king and he says don't worry about it king i got it covered once scratch finds the treasure i'm going to kill him the king says well i hope you kill him slowly and he's like oh i hope so too but if I touch him, he would die like heart attack. What do you suggest? What do you suggest? You see, he believes I have to explain. Yeah, please. <laughs> Let him lead me right to the pressure. And then put him to death. Ah. Right? This is like such a long movie. He's been doing this for 20 years now. Uh-huh. He's waiting for the captain to, to show him the treasure, and then they're going to get him. Yeah, see that premise, but it's just a silly, silly thing, so it's okay, but it isn't it's, reasonable that they would still be in this pursuit. Right. How much is the treasure? 20 grand? I, mean, I know. And aren't they pirates? Can't they find another? Start another yeah, no going? pirates go around robbing and stealing. Well, I everything's guess. swell and dandy, but the kid's abducted, so they got to have to rescue him before they leave. No, and they want this kid just because of the truck. Okay, everybody knows the plan. Yes. Okay, here's the other. This is it. This is the one funny scene. Bombay. Under Buckley, you get all of you in the right? He put the under there, right? Now then, you put your money here, right? Put your money there. Okay, I'm going to play the audio when him and Sellers meets. This is the only funny scene in the movie. This is it. You know, we're talking about, you know, the gems. There's. If this whole movie was this scene that we're going to see, I oh, will okay. tell you this would be the best movie in the world because it's so out there. 
So he knows it's Billy Bombay, his own shipmate. And the way Mulligan plays the, the three card Monty is so funny because he's really doing it. So he's gonna... So watch his hands. All right. It's there. He wins, but he doesn't collect any money. He just takes his money back. He just gets his money. Just... The director told him, keep hitting that, that, that tree branch. We can talk here over there. He'll be back. He's lost the boy, so he wants him to do it. Right. Because he can see ghosts as well. the funniest scene treasure right so so milligan writes these rewrites and suddenly it's like hot rod with cool beans the, the <laughs> treasure treasure and the humor is funny it's like a lot of words but the punchline is and <laughs> the director said i asked spike to hit the uh thing so he hits it and then he's like self-conscious about it and he's looking at different camera angles and he breaks the fourth wall right it's right. he goes Come over here. He goes, well, we'll talk over here, over there. And Sellers walks off. And he turns to the camera. Well, he'll he goes, be back. He'll be back. It's so fucking funny. Like, yeah. It, you know, and it was obviously, like, they'll say on IMDb, this film was directed by Medic and well, scenes for Mulligan. But Medic said, I was the one directing these scenes. I'm asking okay. him to do this. But this is the rewritten material. So it has a completely different tone. And he does bring that up. One other thing about this uh, documentary is that he talks to other bitter directors that work with Peter Sellers. <laughs> and they have horror stories of their own. So they talk to the director of the fiendish, the fiendish plot of Dr. Fu Manchu. Right. That's, they talk um, to, um, to the director of Casino Royale um, from yeah. the 60s. He, he was so pissed at the director of Casino Royale. Peter didn't talk to me for three days. They're breaking the kid free right now. Peter Sellers was really a, just a little jerk. I'll you know, tell you, yeah, spoils, that, spoils. that documentary is available on Tubi. When you're on Tubi, there's other documentaries about Peter Sellers, including one he produced himself in the 1960s. Okay. So it, it's him like, oh, 
you know, I think that uh, I, I don't like meteorocracy. You know, like he'll he'll be very yeah. full of himself, uh-huh. but it's all shot under his control. And then I don't know if you ever saw the HBO movie, The Life and Death of Peter yeah, Sellers. I liked it. I liked it too. I actually got the DVD from Walgreens for $2 back in 2006. Whoa! I bought the DVD and I watched it during the pandemic in 2020 and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I got, I threw it away after that. I'm like, get it out of my house. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's awful to his kids. He's awful to his many wives. He's awful yeah. to everybody. I really like the way he had an experience with a player in his life. He would become them. Yeah. Right? I mean, like and he's totally on. And, Look, and just end the check chapter. Out, check out the stunt. So they're escaping. Okay. And the boy is going to climb. They're hanging off. He's going to hang it and he's going to fall. So they must be some stunt actor who's the size of a kid who makes this jump. All right. So we cut to somebody falling off. So that's a long jump. And they're like, are you okay? Yeah. Never. I feel fine. Never better. <laughs> Dude, I would be like pancake batter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they tried, he tried, you know, the boy gets captured. He's like, oh no, my ticket out of here. I'll ask my friend to do it. No dice. So they get, the, they free the kid. How nice is that? How humane. Their colorful boat, colorful boat is pulling out. Yeah. I mean, these are beautiful shots, some of it, but. You know, they were just saying he didn't know what he was doing. Whoa! I got me a Cypriot crew. The horror. Uh, Apricot Cypriot. Yeah, one of the things they were saying is that, like, Peter Sellers yeah. got more and more withdrawn and okay. was just very alone during the shoot. Like, and, uh, they, they, another problem was the director himself. The director himself has a really interesting story. He was born in 37 in, in uh, Budapest. And then w- he was seven years old when the Germans invaded in 44. Uh-huh. And he had him and his family pretended to be Christian. And they were able to escape. Right. However, so after the war, his older brother by two years died. He was, oh. The brother was 16. He was 14. Then oh, cool. his father okay. died. Oh, wait, how did the brother die? Or you don't know? I don't really know. Okay. You know, I, it wasn't the like father the father had a heart attack. He died holding his with his arms around this the director as a kid. He what? was holding his son, and he died of a heart attack. That is hilarious. So he, you know, his big movie up to this point was The Ruling Class with uh, Peter O'Toole. In the documentary, he said, "My wife." Committed suicide during the shoot. Right. So this guy is like full of self guilt, self hatred, and self guilt. So when all this shit's going down, yeah, he he blamed himself. And I think one of the reasons why he did this documentary decades later was to just clear the air for himself. Mm -hmm. You know, to see it from another perspective. All right. Now here, here's some. Yeah. He 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 wants to mutiny, so they're gonna make him walk the plank. Okay, so he wanted to mutiny, so they're... There's some mulligan humor in this. The kid doesn't like it. He's going to say... Oh, you'll see. 
Not the pokey pokey pokey. Here we go. Think of his mother. Think of your mother. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah. All right, before he dies, he's going to sing a song. Pokey Pokey. He says, well, uh, look at my mother. I want to sing a song for my mother. And the joke, Carl, it's going to take a couple minutes. Okay. Someone's going to throw food at him and he's going to go off the plank. He said, why'd you do that? He goes, I can't stand the song. Somebody's going to throw food at him. He's going to throw something at him. It's going to knock him off the plank. Oh, he's okay. going to splash into the water. And they'll say, why'd you do that? He goes, I can't stand the song. One thing, like, he was saying he was in the helicopter shooting above and suddenly, like, planes went by. Right. Like, the Israeli war was going to start in the next couple of days. So oh, they had like it's uh, the Mediterranean, yeah. Yeah, this guy with the glasses. He's he's in the documentary saying that uh, they treated him like shit. The boy's going to save him. Yeah, and help! I can't swim. Because the guy well, goes, "Help! Stupid. I can't swim." So he jumps in. I know this is all like I don't want to walk the plank, and then they immediately jump in. Uh. And he's like, I can't swim either. Yeah, it's stupid. Wait, so Peter Sellers can't swim either? None of them can. So and here comes I, our... Yeah. So he saves them. Meanwhile, okay, so, they're treading, they were treading water. Like, I think so. So this is where the fallout occurs during the shooting here. And there's a point where you're going to see Peter Sellers and Tony together. And it's, it looks great. Because right now they're together. Everything's swell. But yeah. at a certain point, they're going to not be in the same scene together. You'll see how they do it. Oh. Okay, so let's see. Uh, I watched this movie twice, Carl. I really tried to get the plot going, and I just yeah. hate it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I have to think of something else. Okay. What's another thing? What's a drone I don't know what the drone is. I tried listening to this a couple times. Yeah, the kid's pissed. Like, he has a little more agency. But we are, I think they're uh, sending him into like a. Is that know. a little island? Yeah. God, even the sound is like no. That scored this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why wouldn't we have a little music going? You know, like appropriate for yeah, little Kesha in the background. Oh yeah. So, what are you doing? The captain told us to do it. Okay. Hey, what are you doing? Don't touch that. This is it. This is the fallout. They're not going to be in the same scene together. Same shot. Okay, so right now we're yeah, it's post fallout. 
He's he's standing in the little trapdoor thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's what you want. So they're gonna fight. How stupid is this? Right? He won't he won't appear in the same scene with them, so they, they set it up that they're fighting through that door, that trap. I guess it's funny. It's not funny, girl. Listen, man, we've known each other for decades. This is not yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just silly, you know, it's a silly in an unfunny way. Yeah. Now he's taunting the Yeah, so Sellers mocked him, oh you poor American cowboy. During the dueling scene, Peter teased Tony. Tony pulls his pirate sword out while Tony was on the poop deck, went to attack him, didn't, brought it down. Sellers didn't see it, but Bert did, told Sellers. Sellers gets so pissed off, he removes his wig, throws it in the ocean. I will never be in the same frame with Tony Francisco Francisco again. Okay, weren't they just this moment, though? Yeah, but, I mean, it's the magic of editing. I mean, they're, uh -huh. you know, so there's the scenes that they're together is before the fallout, basically, or they yeah. had to do the shoot. You know, he... He had probably had to do it. So, you know, when Spike arrived, he wasn't fans of the director. He was side, he was team Peter, but he got to respect them. And, you know, he, especially after the cigarettes, brouhaha. But what happens is that Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan has a fallout. Look how funny. Really? Look Another smiley. fucking fallout, Peter yeah. Sellers? Jesus yeah. Christ. I fucking love this guy. Why is he getting hung? I keep thinking it's like mutiny or some bullshit like that. You know, because he like knows he figured out. Bought? Yeah, he okay. figured out that this guy was going to just kill the captain once the once the treasure's there. Okay. Oh yeah, he says you're not going to. Uh, you'll pay for this. They're about to hang him, so the hangman says you'll pay for this, and Seller says, "No, nah, I'm doing this for free." That's the joke. Oh my God! No, I think they're on the Treasure Island. Are we done with this film? We still have more. So we still have B Billy Bombay. Oh my God! We have over thirty minutes left. Uh huh. Uh, Carl, now you know. Don't worry, man. I think there's like one funny bit coming up. Okay, good, good. I'm looking forward. Oh, to there it. is. There is a funny bit. It's very Monty Python, gum, Professor Gummy, and you'll see. Spike well, Milligan's you know, great. he's made me laugh during this film. I'm waiting for the next laugh. Right. Like, what's the gag now? Who is it? Stand still. Like, what does he keep going? Like, he's here something. You know, it, they shot this film for... So, this all looks the same. Fucking Cyrus looks the same. These old bullshit, you know, therapists. Well, I wonder if that was, like, Roman or Greek. I mean, Cyprus is right next to Greece and... And Rome, yeah, empire days, you know. Sure, the island of Cyprus, the island of Cyprus, this riots galore, the island of Cyprus. So, I this is something Cypriot. All right, the kid's gonna figure it out. He goes under this tree. You remember that f the king was eating that awful eggplant-looking fruit? Is he discover <laughs> gravity? Okay, so here, yeah, the king. Okay. So it's like, I think it's juniper. It's some kind of juice, uh, fruit. 
that they use for invisible ink. Okay. And the map is not clear. The boy's going to have this epiphany after this whole shenanigans with his old shipmate. So uh, the pirate map has got some invisible ink and he's going to get the juice that he needs to decode. Not even that. He's going to say he must have got the juice from this tree. I bet you the treasure is buried under this tree. Oh. What? Right. Hey, it's my old captain buddy. Who is it? Yeah, this this kind of fruit. I don't know, like whatever it's called. He says, like, if the map was used that ink, the the captain Roz must have just fucking put it under the tree. Okay. So, but they're not going to discover that till now. We're going to discover another treasure. Remember, uh, Billy Bombay said, "I have my own treasure. It's silver." Yes, that's right. Yep. They're going to search for treasure, and they're going to accidentally find Billy's. Uh, treasure, which is just cannonballs. Cannonballs are they? And that's in the of, book. Are they made of silver, or they're just silver colored, they, or they are painted black, but they're all made of silver. And of course, the ships use uh, attacks Billy with using the uh, cannonballs. Okay, so they blow, they fire they just, away their treasure. That's exactly right. And there's a whole scene where he says, "You idiot! It's made of silver. How many of the balls do you use?" They go. All of them. (laughs) Now I have to go collect them from the sea bottom. Basically, uh, ghost hunt. There's the captain can finally use this boy to talk to the ghost. This is mazes and monsters. uh, Yeah. Who? Who? The ghost Listen, it's great. I don't know if it's great, but it's it's not great acting. It's sixty-seven days to shoot, and it went from super hot into like windy to sub-zero weather. Like it's, the weather was a big factor in making this movie suck. Making and it suck, yeah. He confronted the producer, and the producer says, "You know, we lost money on this film. Once the money was there, we couldn't back out." Okay. And, yeah, you were used as a punching bag. You know, you. Who was used as a punching bag? The director. They blamed everything on the director. One of the things okay. Tommy Clyde, the fire, one of the fired producers did, was he gets fired and he shoots off a letter to the people in the mainland saying, this director doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And the director <laughs> saw this letter uh, in the archives. Every movie has these boxes, they say, of archives. And they're right. going through it. And he's like, oh, we shouldn't have showed that to you, Peter. And he's like, no, this is bullshit. This is all lies. But it set the course. The producer lied to the people away, saying the director doesn't know shit. They write this nasty letter saying the director needs to learn how to make a film. And he's saying, like, but they couldn't, he couldn't quit. He had a second kid coming, and uh, the director gets blamed if he quits. So he actually stayed and made this movie. 67 days. He said they had a a party. They shot some of the scenes like the Irish scene at a a studio in London, in, in England, and they had a cast party there. And he said, well, as director, I wanted to show up. It was a hellish shoot. Nobody was there. There was Nobody came to the party? There was two drunk crew members from a different movie being shot there that were there. (laughs) Nobody went to the after party? Well, he delivers this movie. He goes back and he edits it. He gives it to Columbia Pictures. And they said, this movie's incomplete. You know, we're not going to do it. So uh, they shelved it. He didn't work for another five years. 
he says that you know the next thing he did was this Graham Chapman movie, and they were shooting in England next to the studio, the next to the set that was doing Revenge of the Pink Panther. Oh, and Peter Sellers too. came up to him and he said, "Oh no, no, I'm so I doesn't sound like true. We'll we'll buy the film and we'll have Spike narrate it." And he said, "Like it was a nice. They went out and they got drunk." Uh -huh. And then years later, he read that Peter Sellers died of a heart attack at age 54. So Peter Sellers never followed through with anything he promised. No, he didn't. But they he, they left on better terms. Like they were able to like drink uh -huh. it out. Okay. But okay. he also died of that fake heart attack for real at 54. Yeah, yeah. He faked a heart attack and then he really did die of a heart attack. He had a heart attack, faked it, and then he died for real of a heart attack. Is he seeing a ghost right now? Yes, finally, right? We finally see a ghost, huh? Ah. What was the last time you used the phrase noonday? Like noonday sun? Never. What about the preposition in? In the new, in the ghost, in the noonday sun? Now, it rolls off my tongue. Noonday sun right now. So, wait, we just saw a real metaphysical thing. No, it's it's the captain. It's the his crewmate playing a prank on him. Oh, great! Which is where the wrong guy's treasure is. Right. Don't you like that little sight gag? He's yelling from a tree, and they cut to the captain in the boat, going, "Ah, oh, treasure!" <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So now they're going to dig it up and thinking they found treasure, but no, they just found cannons and cannonballs. They just found these cannonballs. So they're going to use the cannonballs. They'll bring it on the ship, but they're going to search again for the treasure. For the real treasure. Big. I mean, is that funny? They They find someone else's treasure? I guess. This is in the book, too. This storyline. A lot of this is the book. I mean, obviously the 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 jokes added and the uh, name fuckery and shit like that. <laughs> fuckery. I don't think Dick Scratcher oh, was a kid's fuckery. name. You know, yeah. In the book, his name was Dick Scratcher. No, he was Captain Scratch, I think, or Scratcher. Look how right next to each other they are. It looks like it's under a big W. You can't miss it. He like tapped in, in on Mad, him. Mad, 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 Mad. Right, right, Mad, Mad. They're doing this shot. The camera's in the hole as they look down at their or treasure. Very Orwellian. George Orwellian? From no, the... uh, um, I meant, um, I made a mistake. Not Orwellian. Uh, Orson Welles is what I was thinking of. Oh, Orson Welles. I stop telling myself that I can get a little high. Honestly, we're, we're this record at this time. You, you couldn't wait. You got work tomorrow. You time to write. <laughs> oh, it's straight. Look at this all goofy shit. You know yeah, exactly what they're it. doing. Let's hear it. Right in his eyes. Right in his eyes, Carl. Oh. 
He blew that powder right in that guy's open eyes. And you think, oh, the cruelty, the cruelty. That guy was was with the joke. He opened oh, his I eyes. Know. Look, he's, he's so depressed he's going to drink in bed. Okay, now here comes Spike Milligan's crew. Looking for the treasure, their treasure. Yep, and they all look like Spike Milligan. Interesting, funny. Now, what? One of the British officers, the, the upright one, he said that Spike Milligan asked us to dress as Spike Milligan, and I refused. The director himself was saying that he would say, hey, Spike, and someone else, Spike Milligan trained him to, to uh, act like him. So <laughs> other people would answer, and he wouldn't know which Spike Milligan is on. <laughs> like they all have the rip. This is like Professor Gummy, I guess. They all look the same. Yeah, they all, ooh, ooh. Oh, we hate Scratcher. It's funny, goes, right? This is funny. He goes, oh, Scratcher took it. I scratch. And they all start scratching. Oh, yeah, it's a little key stone Hunter is printing out that. No. Oh. And then they go and ship. This is all added. I mean, this is different tone. You know, he was not complaining, but he brought up like you can't carry an entire movie like with this type of humor. You know, it needs some kind of. But I would love it. I would love every single scene to be like this. Yeah. The thing is, you're not. You suspend disbelief. It's just being stupid. But it wasn't the whole. It's a different tone. Well, okay. Well, I mean, like him going cha 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 cha, yeah. you know, that's not well, that was Spike again, though. Yeah. That scene. Okay, well, they're gonna stop these mulligans by shooting the the cannonballs at them. Okay, I gotcha. And again, like this is practical effects, so hopefully they just have a bunch of hats in the water as they shoot cannonballs at them. But it looks like they hit him. Like he's gonna be on land, and they're gonna knock a couple right by him. Oh, they're all making silly noises. I mean, it's funny, especially if you're a Spike Mulligan fan. Like, now, pick... does Spike Mulligan realize those are my cannonballs? That's right, because he's going to go on shore, and they're going to land, and he's going to look at the balls and realize it's his silver cannonballs. Okay, so now they need to do a scavenger hunt. On the they don't ocean. even bother. The okay. joke is they waste. Yeah, how many did you shoot? All of them. Yeah, that's it. And sure enough, they shoot all of them. They both commiserate, you know. Okay, here we go. Look how close it goes. Right? That's close. Holy shit, yeah. But I mean, are they really cannibals? It's a movie. It landed with an explosion. It has to be something. Yeah. The Irish pop guy. Now, in the movie, this is a very clear scene. He's singing about the boy. Wait, all his crew is dead? 
I guess so. What a cool that makes things a lot easier. You know, they shut down production when they helicoptered them out. Uh, what is right. going on? It's still going on and on. Ow! Ow! Look at that. And then he throws the cannonball. Ow! Like you like the little hands in there? Hands. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If that was in every scene, I would be like, "What the fuck is this movie?" But now I just kind of half-heartedly be like, "Yeah." Look how he throws the silver. Yeah. You'd think he would be collecting his silver. He was too angry. I think he just wants to kill the guy. Is it like clearly not Ireland? Probably it looks like Ireland. Well, right now it's not. It, right now they're not in Ireland. It was only just for when they oh, got to the oh, boy. Okay. They went to Algiers and now they're at their mystery uh, treasure they're island. They're at some Mediterranean island. Yeah. Got you, got you, I'll fire. In another moment, I'd have thrown him in pieces. Ah. What's the matter with you? What's cutting here, Jesus? Never liked it before. You stole my treasure. You stole my balls. Huh? We ain't got no balls, and we ain't got no treasure. Uh, so he explains it to him now. Right. So keep oh. it up. He's going to go, how many did you shoot? Right. What? I is a king's ransom. King balls. I hear. How many did we fire? All of them. Oh, 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 Okay, you get the idea. So yes. they finally get our friend Billy Bombay from Bombay to ghost hunt. If they could really treasure hunt, it would be an effort, but they need to start crawling the shore. Mm -hmm. it's the, the, the silver's right there. They shot the cannons all in one spot. Right. Right, they would just have to, to go in the ground. I don't think they even want to. They're just like, fuck yeah, it, there's another treasure. Yeah. Listen, you can see ghosts, right? Yeah, I can see it with my eyes closed. Well, great. Oh, well, let's go I'm find the other treasure. I'm going to see me some more treasure. Oh. I don't even think of. What 
Yeah. All right. So again, Tony and the other guy there, they don't, they got other plans and they're going to get this kid involved. Okay. So that... eventually we got to move from this scene, Carl, to the scene where the boy discovers a treasure underneath the tree. Yep. Because they he were said, made with the, uh, that fruit, the Brazier fruit. Yeah. The Brazil, the, the eggplant uh, fruit, the bonk, the, I mean, like, it's a classic young adult novel. Uh, and if you're looking for pirate books, it's always recommended. And... Oh, always recommended. Yeah. You know, when they said, like, the unseen Peter Sellers classic, uh -huh. that's the wrong use of the word classic. Classic is something that was released once and it was so good that it has endured. It has had legs. It was a piece of gold. That's a classic. Hey, check it out. It's a piece of shit movie from Robin Williams. It's off the shelf. No, it's a lost Robin Williams classic. Yeah, but lost Robin Williams film, not a classic. Cause family the classic, classic can't it's, be lost. It's the lost family classic. Your whole family loved it. Look, 101 You're... Dalmatians was a family classic because we all saw it. Because our family saw it and we love it. <laughs> Yo. Let me see. I had some information about the actors. I mean, I talked about Tony and the two guards. I think I had one other person. I didn't look up anything from the kid. Uh-huh. No problem. You know. eh, children don't count. Oh no, the other the other actor was just the guy on from the documentary saying he wasn't able to eat at the commissary. They wouldn't let him eat at the buffet. Even well, though he was, well. he was a fucking dude. If you were one of the pirates and you were yeah. on the ship, yeah. They one of the one of the crew, like they set up a uh, a dolly shot, they built a uh, tracks four in the morning for a six o'clock shoot. And Peter Sellers at that point said, I want to meet the crew. And he said, we got to rebel against the director. Sellers did? Yeah. Sellers and inspired them? No, the director said he was just acting like one of the characters from his movie, It's All Right, Jack. Like, he was pretending oh. to be like a worker or something like that. What a jerk. Yeah, in the book, too, the captain, like, beats the shit out of the boy. I was I was following up on As a weeks. lesson or something. I get oh. what you when you duck someone. Here we go. They found the ghost. Here it is, Carl. The ghost. Right there in the midnight sun. Wait, no, midday. No, it's the noonday. Yeah, so this is not the midnight. It's a good good ghost. Yeah. Hey, my pirate friend. Also, this these these uh title cards. Yes. It must be because they didn't have anything. He must have just added them. You know. In editing, in post. Here we go. I mean. Julep. When Rasmus had it to his treasure map, he faded away. Must have been dipping his quid in uh, Jennifer juice. Jennifer juice. And Stretcher said he was spitting Jennifer seeds just before he 
I don't remember that in the beginning of the movie. Okay. Do you remember him spitting seeds out? No. Yeah. Now, well, if it's under the tree, how can you? I mean, it looks like the ground's undisturbed. Like no, the there's there's more than meets the eye. Okay. Now, if Look, so they've been sitting under this tree for fuck all, and now yeah, they're suddenly yeah. like, look, it's fake. Look, I found a, a fucking shovel. They find a shovel in the dirt. And also, this island's not that big. I mean, okay. So if they found a shovel in the dirt, is that unrealistic? It's probably realistic because it had been used to bury. He must have buried it. I don't understand. He killed the guy and he fell into the treasure. Like, so when they discover the treasure, are they going to find this skeleton? Is that what we were seeing? It was when he said, "When will yeah. supper be ready?" He right. fell onto the treasure. Oh, there's another funny joke in this movie where they go, uh, what's for dinner? The pirates are, uh, and they, the, the other cook, the new cook says, beans, uh, bean salad. He goes, uh, I don't know what it's bean, a uh, bean stew. He goes, I don't know what it's bean, but it ain't stew. <laughs> it's bean stew. Bean it's bean stew. stew. Oh, well, what I is it now? I bean, but now it's stew. I'm not... Right, like this family. Is this a family film? Like, I bring the kid to watch this film? Yeah, I guess so. Nothing really. 70s, yeah. Yeah. That is a very good question. They were what just. Speaking... What comes after 12? 13. 13. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Don't say that to a pirate, Carl. Don't say the 13. That number pirate. is. Bad look. Look, they just find pickaxes. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it is it a believable premise? Because it was I think so, but there. I also feel like wouldn't they remember that? Like he killed the guy over the buried treasure, and he forgets where it is. I get that, but yeah, like why? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, why did he forget? I mean, he did murder him right on the treasure. He didn't see that, or he's maybe there's multiple treasures. No. If any of these want any of these here up, you have my personal permission to take them. Right. Right, they're just riffing outside. Yeah. It's yeah, the movie ran out of steam at this point. But we're still gonna watch it, Carl. Stay yeah, me, we buddy. sure are. Uh eight more minutes of this. Seven, seven and a half. A lot of times <laughs> you really want to watch a bad movie, but it's so hard and it's so nice to have friends or somebody with you. The documentary was better. Yeah. Is that what you're, you're pitching our audience? Yeah. So we we're doing it. We're but making it. I don't it. know, but this one is so bad. Maybe it's okay. What is he finding? Uh, I don't know. Oh, there's Roz. Uh -huh. Oh, I think he does a, a Hamlet joke. I knew him well. Uh, poor Roz, small Hamlet. I knew him well. Uh, uh, 
Eric. I knew him well. I knew him, Horatio. Yeah, you know what? I keep forgetting of that scene. That's like way at the end of Hamlet, right? Like you got a castle, things are happening, and then he goes to a fucking gravestone, a graveyard. Well, I think Shakespeare was trying to get us ready for the suicide uh, contemplation, a whiff of death, as it were. Uh, but what do I know? You like that joke? What was it? I don't. He had a hook, and he waved his hook in his face, and then he removes the hook, and he has a wagging finger there that he starts wagging at him. <laughs> okay. Well, he doesn't know where the treasure is. He's going to discover the treasure because he's going to discover the other three crew members uh, with their treasure. And they're going to equitably distribute it. They're going to share it. You know, Carl, I don't know how this movie ends. Why? Because I don't, I'm trying to figure out in my head like where it ends, and I just can't. can't. I mean, where's this leading? No, wait. Sure. Is it, did you only watch it? You'd watch no. the documentary and this only one time? No, I watched the documentary twice, and I watched this movie close to two times. <laughs> I tried, man. The second okay, time no, was rough. I understand. It really sucks, but uh, the thing is, I mean, I don't want to tell you how to do my job. You, but I, you, you, you don't have to. Force you don't yourself. Have to you don't have to tell me a job. I did everything for you. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm. It's just the. It throws audience. my time. It throws my timing off when you tell me what to do. Okay, I will stop. But I appreciate it though, because you are the king. All right, they found the treasure. Fighting over it already. Okay, so now they're all. They're hitting each other in the head. This is it's funny, right? It's funny. throws it up yeah i mean yeah the sound effect hopefully they're you know yeah i mean it's funny these these pirates are going to bring the boy home Okay, that's the best thing. Thank you for getting to know your friend. No, get me to be stopped by something. Wow, that's it. Oh, wait. Oh, this is the ending. I remember this. Listen, Carl, they barely talk to each other until 45 minutes into the film, and now they can't, can't separate them. 
So what happened to the, they had a falling out too, I guess. Yeah, in real life, they had a falling so out. Bad that they wouldn't shoot together. No, it wasn't as bad as that. They just were, you know, they've been friends for decades and, and companions, so they had their ups and downs. There was a down. Yeah, so this is how the film ends. The pirates tie these guys up, bury them, and uh, take the treasure off and become pirates. And then here comes the ending. Yay. Yay. Hey, shot at Blurry Cypress. Yes. And then uh, over in Weston. Carl, what's your think of this movie? Um, I don't know what to think of it. Sometimes it made me laugh. I don't know what to think of it. it bag of alligators. Clive oh, so Clive Rebell was the, uh, the king of uh, Algiers. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know what to think. I don't know. I would have to really see it without our show, I guess, because sometimes it was making me laugh, but I think you were highlighting the funny parts, and I saw some draggy-ass parts, you know? So, um... What did you think of this movie, Michael? Hi, Carl. Hi. I had a little internet hiccup. What did you think of this movie? I mean, I love Spike Milligan, and he's... he's what I especially understand what he's doing, I could see like some funny stuff. So I was completest. Yeah, but this is a real like. I think the documentary really, really is good. Uh, he's made other movies, you know, uh, Species Two. He's done a lot of TV, you know. He's he Remington Steel to uh -huh. like most recent stuff. He's been around, right? And we know of him, but. This film, like, the documentary was great. It was one of the few times I've seen a movie about a bad film from the director who made it. And yeah, I recommend that, that on TV. This, this was just kind of garbage. I don't know. It was nothing happening, and there was only a few good scenes, and they were completely out of place of what else was there. Uh, but I like I liked the funny stuff in there. But it was just kind of hard. Would you have liked to see Spike from the beginning, like, throughout? Would you have liked to see him be part of the project? It might have been yeah. funnier. If if they had a real script, if they had like people who knew how to produce this film and they weren't trying to shoot like that, yeah. they would have been able if Spike Milligan was involved and it was as crazy as that market scene, every single scene, I would be raving about this film. It would probably wouldn't be it would probably be even harder to watch, but it would just be like so much fun that is a film like that. Have you learned how to say Cypriot yet from this episode? Cypriot? Very close. Very close. Man, well, we would like to hear what you say. So please write down what your opinion. Put it in on a piece of paper. Below. Yeah, out of the console. And then put that piece of paper in a glass bottle, put a cork in the bottle, and throw it out your window. And we'll, yeah. yeah. See if it makes not... its way to us. That way you gave us their opinion, and we don't have to read it. Uh, anyway, so that's been our movie. Uh, sorry, we tortured the audience with a, the ghost. In the noonday sun. This God. might be the episode to skip. No, what do you think? You're going to say that after? No, I, I, I researched this movie. I don't uh -huh. think there's any skip, skipping needed. Okay. Carl, are you excited about next week's movie? I'm not sure. Does it, is it Wells? No. Well, yeah, right? That's our next one. Well, okay. Wasn't there another? No, well, we... there is another one. It's the um, the human, uh, yeah, 
1927 film. Oh, right. So, right. We're going back to the uh, films from 1927. As you know, they've now are in the public domain. Right. We're watching them. We have uh, Sunrise. Sunrise, the story of two yeah. humans. Which I've seen, Carl. It's an amazing film. Uh, by amazing, I mean you can barely see it. Like it's so bright, everything. But it's cool, and not to be confused with the science fiction movie Sunrise, where they have to stop the they fail to the uh, sun. I never saw it. It was Danny Boyle movie. They go at night, right? You know, because it's dangerous. Yeah, that's the only time you can go to the sun, right? When yeah. it, well, sometimes if there's like an eclipse, you get lucky and there's an eclipse. Then you go, let's go, get in the ship, we're going. Quick, quick, we only have five minutes. No time to piss, we gotta go. <laughs> you can piss on the ship, do it out the window. We don't have a trailer for this film, but it's one of the films that are now in the public domain. What it is, is it a called? Sunrise. But there's a tagline. Yeah, some really awful tagline. Oh, wait, here it is. Sunrise, a song of two humans. That's it, 1927. Yep. Sunrise so come, of two humans. That'll be next time. Come back next week. Check All us right. out. Great. We'll be we'll be here on the YouTube. We'll be here on the podcast. And we're always here on muniradio.fm. And on Facebook. Twitter. And and Discord. Discord. Also, okay. you can write a piece of write a note. <laughs> put it in a bottle. We're on Discord. We're on Datcord. All the, cords. all the cords. These cords right here. These nuts. Listen, should we end this podcast? With these nuts? See you next time. These nuts right here. <laughs> all right. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. It's been over one long year watching movies bad, strange, and weird. Bye, Michael. Hi, this is Carl. I, I, I'm Mike's friend. I, I wrote this song. My turn-ups are French poodles, Chinese noodles, and, and German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the uh, uh, duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael.
Six o'clock. It's time for the joke workshop here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! Dot FM and Dot SF. Um, we've got microphones out there for comments today because we have a really short list, so um, we can do like longer sets too. Or if you have questions at the end of your set about specific jokes, that's fine. Ask us, and um, I'll take notes today if you're interested in what I think. <laughs> um, uh, if I'm in a weird, if I'm in a punchy mood, it's because uh, I find out in less than 24 hours about the fate of Mutiny Radio. And so that's kind of uh, freaking me out, dude. But it will all be fine. I mean, either way, it's everything's going to work out in the end. Uh, and you'll all, I'm sure, you'll if, you're, if you see me tomorrow or, or I, you'll see on the internet uh, what happens. It, the drama will unfold either way. All right, when you hear the horn... Means you have a minute. Uh, your first comedian isn't here, uh, and that's okay. He's visiting us from New York, and he um, it just didn't make it on time, and that's fine. But your next comedian, I'm really excited that he's here, and he has a bunch of new material to check out. And the pacing, I was just overhearing you. Uh, hey, clap your hands together, everybody, for Colin Braun! Yay! Oh, it it's quite simple. Three stones from the sun. We need a piece of this rock. Okay. All right. Get ready for some red flags. Who here likes balloon animals? Follow-up question, who here has balloons? Pam, 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 eye contact, eye contact. Would I have asked that question if I wasn't prepared? Thank you. I'm gonna try that again, and when I ask if anybody here has balloons, you will not be helpful, okay? Does anybody here have balloons? No, nobody has balloons. No one, it would really help me out if someone had. All right, well, that's too bad. All I have are these bags I have to take with me when I walk my dog. Uh, but these are kind of like balloons, so let's see what we can do. Now, everybody, I must advise that I am a trained professional and should not try this at home. Make a wish. Mm. Mm, I wish I used a fresh one. A goose. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pull out your camera phones now and snap a photo, everybody. You are looking at the picture of mental health. And you may be saying, Colin, that doesn't look like any goose I ever saw. And that may be true, but none of those geese were also a clear cry for help. Um... Has anyone else been struggling since I got divorced? Been trying. Um, I don't know if you guys are good with rejection, but I'm not. Um, and um, I do with these, what most people in my neighborhood do. Um, but I met a very handsome gentleman the other day named Matt from Denver. Met him on a Wednesday. Did a little bit of dancing, a little bit of drinking, a little bit of kissing. 
But then he had to go because he's visiting from out of town. He had places to be. So he gave me his number. And then he left. And then he texted me about all the things he wanted to do to my butthole involving the word wreck. <coughs> then over the next few days, we were texting, figuring out the right time. And then suddenly he said to me that he wasn't interested in meeting up anymore because he was starting to pick up a pretty unstable vibe. Can you believe that? Starting. Like, dude, when you met me, I was drunk at a bar on a Wednesday. That's a red flag. In the span of the 30 minutes that we interacted, he learned that I am a recently divorced, gay, stand-up comedian who works in the construction industry and rides a motorcycle. My hobbies apparently include binge drinking on Wednesdays and making out with strangers while wearing this necklace. Where did you ever pick up a stable vibe? Guys, look under your seats. Look, check up the floor. Are there any green flags that I may have dropped? These are green bags. It's definitely not the same thing. If I were stable, I would not be standing here right now. I would be at home with my husband. And when did mental stability become a prerequisite for hooking up with a stranger visiting from out of town? I have traveled quite a lot in my time, and banging local crazies is without a doubt the best part. I hooked up with a guy in Nashville who choked me like he was a serial killer. And then I saw on the news six months later, I think he may have actually been a serial killer. But I'm not blonde, so I did not get murdered. I did get the best dick of my life by far. But um, I guess that, that, old, that old thing holds true about crazy people being good and bad. I, obviously, am terribly disgustingly lonely, and so if you give me even the slightest ounce of validation, I will be very thankful. It's the same reason why I do comedy. I like making people happy. Thank you. This is just way more efficient. I only have like five minutes up here, but if I had more time, I would blow every person in this room. And in the minute I have left, I don't think I'd make it past the third row. Because quality takes time. But what I'm saying is that um, telling a room full of people that you don't really know is a massive red flag. And if this set has been any indication, I think we can all agree that Matt from Denver <laughs> fucking missed out. So now I have nobody. I don't have Matt from Denver. I have nothing. I am broken. I am lonely. I am shattered. I am a husk. Um, but I do have very good credit. So at least capitalism loves me. So I'm going to get on going. I have a date with a cutie named Chase. And let's just say there is interest. All right. My name is Colin Braun. Have a nice night. Hooray for Colin Braun. I'm sorry for laughing at your pain. But it can change just like that. Just like that. All of a sudden, one person like shows interest in you and you're like, no one showed interest in me in forever. And then somebody's showing it and you're like, what? And they're like, they're really pretty. And you're like, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about myself. But uh, you, you, you're really pretty too, Colin. That was lovely. 